Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. Today is episode 136, Build Virtuous Habits and Patterns Through Homeschooling. I'm so excited to talk about this because I tend to be more of a Charlotte Mason homeschooler slash unit study fun kind of person. And I love living books. And I love what Charlotte Mason calls patterns and habits. And I I think that it's such a beautiful way to instill virtue in our children to use patterns and habits. I just, I, I love the way she zeroes in on that and it's such a beautiful way to express it. So in a really, really practical way, I'm going to talk about how to instill virtues through habits and patterns. And I picked six virtues. So one is humility, two is obedience with honor, three is industriousness or hard work, four is diligence and faithfulness, five is greeting, and six is service. So all of those are character traits, and they're both things in the heart that overflow to the outside in really practical ways. And so I'm just going to talk about each one in the context of building these virtues through patterns and habits. So what you're going to hear me talk about over and over is these following methods. And so you're just going to hear them over and over. So I want to bring them up first. Number one, if we want something to be built in our children's life, we have to model it. We have to model it. And our children learn what hard work is by seeing us. If they see us lazy, they're not going to learn hard work. And it's going to be really hard to instill that value. Scripture memorization is super, super important. And here's why. The Bible says that scripture is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides bone and marrow. In other words, scripture gets inside of us and it transforms us. So that's pretty powerful. Another thing is role-playing and training and correction. But we don't just correct our children, although I think correcting is good, but not in a mean way, not like, oh, you're so lazy. That's not correcting. That's browbeating. But to say, You're not demonstrating hard work right now, and I asked you to do that, so I am going to give you the following punishment or or discipline. But training and role-playing are great ways to build character in our children and teach them what these virtues look like in a practical way. Also, the process of trying, failing, redoing, trying, succeeding, and rejoicing. And I'm going to talk about that and what that looks like. And then proactive opportunities. We want to provide opportunities for our children to be able to step out in these areas and learn and enjoy them. And finally, reward. Reward virtue. So often we reward things that are not eternal. Oh, you look so beautiful today. But reward virtue. Notice virtue and reward it. I'm going to start with humility because the Bible says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. If you're a homeschooling mom, you want a teachable child and a teachable heart starts with humility. It's when the heart says, I have something to learn 
and you have something valuable to teach me. And if you have a child who feels like they know it all, it will be very difficult to instruct them in virtue. It will be very difficult, honestly, for them to come to Christ hear and receive the gospel because they feel like they know everything. So one of the things that can be tricky about humility is that we want to be humble even with our children. So if we make a mistake, we want to say, mommy made a mistake today. She should not have yelled. Will you please forgive me? But we also want to maintain our authority because part of our role with our children is that we have authority over them that is loving and benevolent. And as our children learn to interact with us, they learn to interact with God. With that, so how can you be humble and maintain authority? Well, my children were allowed to come and tell me that I did something wrong, but they still had to be respectful and honor me. They could never say, Mom, you're a liar. Mom, you're this, you're that. They had to say, hey, Mom, I just, you know, you said I could come to you, and I just noticed today that when... I did this instead of reacting in a calm way. You got really angry and it, it was, it was hard. And then I say, Oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And, but I'm, I'm still, I'm not saying, Oh, I'm such a terrible mom. I'm such a terrible person. I'm still maintaining my dignity. And I think dignity is the key word there. Like always be a woman of dignity in your parenting, or if men are listening to this, always be a man of dignity in your parenting. Don't just throw in the towel and weep and mourn because you're a terrible person. If you need to do that, you know, there are times when we really blow it that we need to do that. But so, so much of life, especially in parenting, is that our children make a lot of mistakes. The Bible says folly is bound up in the heart of a child. And so, we we should expect our children to make mistakes and we should we should be so gracious like even when we're correcting our children punishing them we should be so gracious and kind because we also make mistakes and mistakes are not the end of the world and maybe you're listening and you're a perfectionist and then God's going to have to heal your heart because when you blow it, you repent, but then you receive God's forgiveness. Your sins are wiped away. And one of the things that really helped me when I was a young mom is to grasp the idea of receiving God's forgiveness. Instead of just like meditating on the sin over and over, it's like, yes, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be sorry. I'm going to repent to God. But then I'm going to receive God's forgiveness and say, Lord, thank you so much. I am forgiven. I feel so clean inside. And that's what we want for our children, too. We want them to feel clean inside after we have walked them through correction. So for humility, one thing that can can be helpful is I like to do do-overs. So say I ask my child something. I say, hey, we're going to learn about fractions today and my child says I hate fractions and I don't want to hear it and you're not that good at explaining math wow I would be completely shocked and upset but I probably wouldn't show it I'd probably say okay well the way you talk to me is not appropriate it's not respectful and you're gonna need we're gonna need to do a do-over and so this is what you need to say Mom, the thought of doing fractions today is not really floating my boat, but 
do you think you could pray for me so I could have a good attitude about doing fractions today? Because I'm really struggling. So that's teaching your children that when they do have these, this dread or these negative feelings, they can ask for help. They don't, you know, they don't just have to like be a robot and turn their feelings off. They can ask for help. But at the same time, they can't vent at you and they can't be disrespectful. And ultimately, we need to have a teachable heart. I know sometimes we feel like the Lord is building character in our life and we think in our minds, we don't say this, but our attitudes and our behavior basically says, Lord, I really don't want you to teach me about this. I'm not really liking life right now. This is too hard. And so that is what when we're training our children, we want to train them to have a teachable heart because we want them to grow up to have a teachable heart. So virtue number two, obedience and honor. When our children were little, they had to obey immediately, completely and cheerfully. Why? Because I want them to obey Jesus that way. I don't want them to argue with Jesus. I don't want them to, I don't want to, God, but I will. I don't want them to do that. I want them to love to obey the Lord. Because when we do things cheerfully and we do things immediately and completely, there's something of, there's just a good feeling. Like when someone says, Hey, can you take out the trash? And you respond and say, sure, dad, I'd love to take out the trash. Or <laughs> maybe that's not honest. Maybe you'd say, sure, dad, I'll, I'd be happy to do that for you. And you go and you do it and you have a smile on your face and maybe you're whistling, taking the bag of garbage to the curb. Then you know what's happening inside. You feel good. This is a pleasant experience. I want obedience to be pleasant. And that's one of the reasons I made my children obey cheerfully so that they would experience the joy of obedience because there really is joy in doing what your authority asks you to do. Contrary to the world we live in and what the world says, there really is joy in that. So how our children treat us is how they will respond to to God. So obedience is more than just doing what is asked, but it's having an, a respectful heart, an honoring heart toward the authority. And so if you demonstrate a disrespectful heart, like maybe you don't obey the speed limit or maybe, you know, you mock people in leadership and call them all stupid and, you know, just fudge on your income tax, all that stuff, and you're not demonstrating obedience. So you want to demonstrate obedience in your life and respect. Um, And there's, we like to play a game called the obedience game. And Mike made this game up for our children when they were little. And the children would be doing something. And then Mike would say, Juliana, Katie Beth, I want you to turn off the TV and run upstairs and do three jumping jacks. So they would have to turn off the TV and run upstairs and do three jumping jacks. And we always, we used the TV a lot because we wanted them to be immersed in something that they liked or they could be reading a book because, you know, the hardest thing to get children to obey is when they're doing something they really like 
but they need to stop because it's time for dinner or it's time to go somewhere. So we we did that a lot. Like we would have them start reading a book they really liked or have them watch TV. And then basically we would come in and say, blah, 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 you know, whatever we asked them to do. So my kids love the game. And my husband plays the game with some, they're not our grandchildren, but they're kind of like our grandchildren. And those boys love it too. Like there's just something really fun about the obedience game. And it really does roll over into real life. Holidays are a great time to teach your children to honor authority. Even things like at Christmas, you can think of authorities in your life like, hey, let's make cookies for my boss or daddy's boss at work. And let's, you know, maybe make him a Christmas card so that he can know that we appreciate him and care about him. Or let's make a card and a present for our pastor and his family. Or Mother's and Father's Day, of course, you know, it's not wrong to have your children do things to honor you because honor is commanded throughout the scripture. Respecting authority is commanded throughout the scripture. So you're benefiting your children when you teach them to respect and to honor you and give them opportunities and really praise them when they obey. You know, so often we focus on when they don't obey. And yes, you should discipline when they don't obey. But what about when they obey? You have to stop the world and say, wow, that was so awesome. I can't believe you obeyed like that. Thank you so much. I love the way you obey. And we make such a big deal about it because children are motivated by our our praise. They want us to be happy with them. You know, when children are little, parents, you may not believe this, children really want to please their parents. That can go away <laughs> when they're teenagers, but it's really strongly there when they're children. And so use that time, to, use that to your advantage in training them in character. Okay, hard work. The Lord commands hard work and declares all hard work brings a profit. And of course, with all these things, it goes without saying there's scripture to memorize for every single virtue. My grandmother used to say, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And that is so true. Because when we're idle, we just, we become like, for example, and by idle, I mean when our brain goes into neutral or our body goes into neutral. We can become idle when we watch TV because our brain just kind of goes into neutral. We can become idle when we're at a theme park. We're just going from ride to ride and we become idle in our brain. And so too much of that idleness, just like seeking pleasure, seeking fun, that can that can rob us. Like screen time can suck our brains out. No, not really. They don't really suck our brains out, but it has almost the same effect. So teach your children to work hard at everything they do. The Bible says work at everything with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not men. And so when they do their school, teach your children always do your best because ultimately you're we're doing the schoolwork for Jesus with chores. Always do your best because you're doing your chores for the Lord. If they have part time jobs Always do their best. Anything they do, always do their best and reward their hard work. Maybe they do an especially good job of unloading the dishwasher or maybe all week long they've done their chores without being asked. Take them out for ice cream. Treat them. Reward them. Say, I'm so proud of you. The truth is we don't have to. 
But God rewards us, and I love to reward obedience and other virtues. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to have a message from our sponsor. And when we get back, we'll talk about diligence and faithfulness. Powerline Productions wants to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Because of this, we offer a wide variety of books and e-books about homeschooling, homeschool classes, and Bible study workshops like Real Men Build. Pastor Mike and Meredith Curtis, along with their daughter Katie Beth Curtis, have written this comprehensive Bible study to help men of all ages grow in leadership in the home, in the church, and in the world. Learn more at PowerlineProd.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D.com. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. You've been listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome back. I'm so excited. We are talking about virtues and how to build patterns and habits in these virtues. So with hard work, one of the biggest, I'm going to go back to hard work. One of the biggest things we can do with patterns and habits for hard work is to have daily routines of chores and daily routines of school hours where they they know, okay, we get up. We make our bed, we clean our room, we go downstairs, we eat breakfast, we clear our our cereal bowl or plate, of, we clear it and put it in the kitchen sink, and then we start our school, we start our math, and then and we build those habits of hard work. And one of the most important things you can teach your children, now I'm moving back to diligence and faithfulness, is they're kind of combined, they kind of go together, is to work first and play second. And that is such an amazing virtue. And people who have that virtue are very successful in school and in work. But a lot of a lot of people don't have that virtue and you would just be so surprised. I've met homeschooling parents and their children will not they'll be behind in all their school but they'll say, okay, let's just stop everything and go to the beach. Why not say, hey, let's take today and get caught up and then tomorrow we can go to the beach so that the kids learn to work first and play second. And that is such a good pattern and habit to build. And honestly, if you build it into your children, you'll see that they will they will do that when they're on their own, when they're planning their own schedules They'll work first and play second. It it really is a beautiful habit to build. Also, the habit of di- diligence and faithfulness. He who is faithful in little is faithful in much. And I already talked about doing your best in everything. But 
teach the joy of completing tasks. For example, in our house, we have to make our bed. I just always felt that was important. There's something about making your bed. It makes your room look so much nicer if your bed is made. And I love to walk into my kid's room and say, good job on the bed. And they don't start out life making their bed well. But by the time they're in middle school, they can really make their bed well. Their room looks good. And that's just such a joy as a mom to open the door and say, wow, this room looks great. And you want to do that because there is something satisfying. Do you know how quick it is to make a bed? But there is a reward of looking at a well-made bed and how it makes the room look more inviting that it gives you a sense of satisfaction. And that's the whole thing with diligence and faithfulness. If you teach children to be diligent and faithful, they will have a sense of satisfaction when they're diligent and faithful. And so one of the things that you can do to teach diligence is to have jobs that don't take just a short amount of time. So you say, okay, we are going to take two days this week to clean out the hall closet. So day one, you clean it out and you do what you've said you're going to do. Then day two, you come in and you finish the job. And then you've taught them to complete a task and to be diligent. And then you get to longer and bigger projects. My father-in-law used to have my husband and his brothers put in a garden every summer. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks. And But see, they learned so much diligence and so much about completing something. Because a lot of people give up. Some people procrastinate and never get started. But a lot of people give up. They start something and they just never finish it. And if you teach children to be faithful and diligent, you'll see them completing projects, getting things done, and then getting things done on time. So you can start with small projects like a two-day project and then move on to something else. And I'm not saying to spend like two full days cleaning out the closet, maybe like three hours each day. And things like that teach children to not give up. That's one of the reasons that when I was homeschooling, now you don't have to do this, but I'm just telling you what I did and why. When I was homeschooling, we always finished our textbooks. And it wasn't because, oh, well, we just have to get that last chapter in. That's not why. The reason I did is because I was trying to teach my children to be diligent and to complete what they started. So I was just always looking for ways to help them to finish what they started. Okay, greeting. Greeting is a virtue, you're asking me? I thought just like the friendly extroverts greet people. No, actually, greeting is a commandment in the scripture. The Bible says greet one another in several different places, and that's because greeting communicates love and value. When we place high value on others, we want to look for ways to communicate that. So along with greeting can be manners and etiquette, like knowing, you know, all the formal ways to greet people and things like that. Pull out the old manners book and, you know, introducing younger people to older people first, honoring the woman, honoring the older people, standing up when older people walk in the room, all of those things. But let's just start with greeting. I wanted my children to make people feel loved and welcome and to teach them that Extending love and welcome to people 
is important. So I try to greet my family. When I wake up in the morning and I see another family member, I say good morning. And I expect them when they see me to say good morning. But I don't wait for them to say good morning to me. I try to be the first one to say it. And I want to teach that to my children as well. So if my grandchildren are coming over to visit, I'll run to the door and say, I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, because I want to greet them and I want to show them I'm really happy that you're here. Welcome to my world. When I see my children, my husband, my friends, I want them to know I'm so happy to see you. Welcome to my world. And so children, they learn that, that not only do people do it to them, but they are to do that to other people. And so one of the main things that we do is we teach our children to first respond. Some of our children are really outgoing and they just right away were like, hi, hi, Miss Sue. Hi, Mr. Ron. It's so good to see you. But some of my children were really shy. And so we just had to like I had <laughs> I had children that when they would see someone coming, they would hide, you know, behind my skirt and they wouldn't even, you know, want to. Look at the person. So the first thing we had to teach them was when someone greeted them, they had to smile in return. Then eventually we taught them to say hi back. And then we taught them to initiate. So now all of my children are very friendly. They all initiate. And you know what? People really feel loved by my children. I constantly have people tell me, wow, your children are so friendly. I love to be around your children. They make me feel so welcome. And greeting plays a huge part in that. So I'm glad for the the time that we took to work on that. And always say, when you arrive, greet people. When others arrive, greet people. When you leave, always say goodbye and thank you for having me. So that was another thing that we taught them. It's time to leave now. Say goodbye and say thank you for having me. Service. It's important for children to know they are not the center of the universe. The world says, you know, let children think that the world revolves around them. But honestly, that's really not helpful for children. They become very self-centered. They become selfish. Children need to know they're loved, but they should not grow up thinking the world revolves around them. And think of this acronym, JOY, Jesus, Others, Yourself. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. Put Jesus first, put others second, and put your yourself last. That means that you teach children that when there's one piece of pizza left, you want to let someone else have it. That you want to let someone else have the best piece of cake. That you take delight in buying gifts for people. That you take delight in doing a little bit extra to serve and help people. So notice needs and you can, you can help your children notice needs by playing the let's discover needs game. So you can say, okay, we're at church and we're looking around the room. What kind of things can we do to meet needs? Well, Mary's baby's kind of fussy. Maybe we could go and make the baby laugh. That is a great idea. She really does have a need for some help right now. Or maybe someone is walking in with a heavy diaper bag in one arm and a baby in the other. And maybe I could carry the diaper bag for them. Great. That's such a great idea. So 
In Galatians, it says to bear your own burden and help others bear theirs. I'm kind of summarizing. But basically, in other words, don't expect others to do what your job is. Do your job. Be diligent. Be faithful. But always look for opportunities to help others. One of my daughters was busy getting ready for a test. And so the other one just helped out by doing some of her dishes. And so that when she came, the the daughter who was studying for the test came into the kitchen. She's like, oh, my goodness, who did my dishes? And she didn't have to do that. But it was a sweet surprise and it was a sweet way to serve people. So little children can serve in small ways and grow. They can help carry the diaper bag. They can carry other people's diaper bags. They can bring in groceries. They can carry boxes. And always talk about how fun it is to serve. Wasn't that fun that we got to go over there and rake leaves for our neighbor? That was really fun. I loved it. The leaves were so pretty. One thing that is is a joy killer when it comes to serving is complaining. If if you come in complaining, oh, my back hurts. I can't believe we were serving so long. Oh, I can't believe that we did so much. I'm so tired, blah, blah, blah. I just go on and on complaining. It will sap all the joy out of serving. And a lot of times people who serve a lot, unfortunately, do complain a lot. And it isn't helpful. And it, it's just, that's just something that, you know, teach your children serving is fun. It's a blessing. Acts the complaining. <laughs> okay, so we have gone through all those virtues. And we have talked about, like I didn't go through everything, but with each virtue, there's scripture to memorize. With each virtue, you can model it as a parent. You can provide opportunities to build those patterns and habits into their life. So your children don't think about, oh, am I going to say hi to these people? There's people walking up to me. I'm going to greet them because I've learned to greet people. And when they see someone that has a need, carrying something heavy, without thinking, they just rush over and help them carry it. Or maybe they are getting up in the morning and they think, I don't feel like making my bed. But they do it anyway because they have a pattern of being diligent and a pattern of being faithful and working hard at everything they do. So patterns and habits are such a blessing because as we practice these things, our heart changes. Our heart doesn't just change as we read the word. Our heart changes as we obey the word. It's like it carves as we greet people and and make the effort to make them feel loved and welcome. It carves more love in our heart. It's such a beautiful thing. I don't know how it all works, but I know it does work. So God bless you as you're raising your children. What a joyful privilege. What a challenge sometimes. But I wish you God's blessing in your home. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.